This podcast contains graphic and explicit content, as well as all of the spoilers a movie has to offer. Listener discretion is advised. Hi friends! Welcome back to So Here's the Problem With That, where we watch every sci-fi movie ever made and tell you what's wrong with their sci and their fi. My name is Emily, and I'm a movie fan. And my name is Neil, and I'm a PhD candidate in high-energy experiment. When we left you last, Coop, a former NASA pilot turned space explorer extraordinaire, had left his farm and family behind to take part in a mission like none other. Interstellar exploration. Let's see what other kinds of shenanigans this sci-fi masterpiece has to offer. Okay, so... Um, they're going over their plan again. Like we said, it was two years to Saturn. They've been asleep. Now it's... I lied. It's going to be two years to Saturn. Um, it's eight months to get to Mars. They're going to use Mars to slingshot off to Saturn. Um, and as Dr. Brand and Coop were talking, it kind of sounds maybe a little bit sort of like Dr. Brand maybe a little bit might maybe was in love with one of the astronauts that left ten years ago. That's important, and it's going to come back. So. She does talk about him more highly than I think I've heard maybe anybody talk about anybody. Oh, she talks more highly about this person than I talk about my husband. So. This, it's a strong love she's got going on. I mean, maybe she's just not been around him for 10 years, and uh, And I've been around Taylor for 10 years too long. And she's spent (laughs) all of that time, uh, you know, what's, what's the... Making up shit about... Heart makes the... Absence makes the heart go fonder. Yeah, romanticizing or whatever. Romanticizing, yes. She's putting him on a pedestal. Yes. Who knows? Putting him on a pedestal. Hard to say. But, so she is almost definitely 100% in love with one of the uh, astronauts who left and whose planet is one of the options that they have of exploring on this mission. There's three planets. I don't know if they have mentioned it in the movie yet, but I'll tell you right now. There's three planets. There's Miller... Uh, Miller's planet, all of these are astronauts. Miller's an astronaut. Man, M-A-N-N, was another astronaut. And then, uh, oh no, what's his name? I don't know. Admanson, I think, is her, her lover boy. I assume he's a boy. I don't know. Um, is a lover person. So there's three planets that they're going, they're hoping to get to all of them. They might not be able to, depending on, you know, what happens. But that's the hope. So... Coop sends a video message to his kids um, saying, you know, we're about to go. I'm so excited. I love you very much. I'll see you in insert time here. Um, back on Earth, real quick, Professor Brand brings Coop's truck back to the farm to uh, Grandpa and Tom. He tries to give the message from Coop to Murph. She's having none of it, doesn't care. And he offers to teach Murph. And Grandpa's like, he has some sarcastic thing about Murph running circles around her teachers. Maybe I'll just let her run circles around you now. Or it was something cute. Um, So now we know Professor Brand and Murph are going to be a a teacher, student, very close from here on out. I'm not going to talk about what happens on Earth very much because it's not very much, A, and it's not very important, B. Um, so I'll bring up little bits here and there, but for the most part, I'm just going to ignore the storyline on Earth. I'm so sorry. You should watch this movie. We also have covered maybe a third of the plot at this point. There's so much plot, you guys. So much so, plot. 
Um, okay, so, boom, splash cut, we're at Saturn. Saturn looked pretty cool. It looked like the Saturn I know from Deep Space Nine. Looks great. And uh, that Why would there, you know Saturn from Deep Space Nine? Because it was in the opening credits. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's good times. Um, the visuals, absolutely gorgeous. We haven't really mentioned yet, because I guess we just got into space, but the visuals in this movie... Very good. Breathtaking. Yeah, absolutely. Super impressive. Honestly, very good. And deliberately so. They were yes. like, we're going to get it all right. Yeah, I, I mentioned this at the beginning of... Uh, of our first episode where they wrote code around scientific equations to get it to, to get the visuals to look right. Yeah. So they put a lot of work into it and it looks great. Holds up, you know, however many years later. So Coop wakes up, sees um, videos that the kids sent him. Tom says hi, but Murph didn't want to say anything. Coop and uh, Romley, like I said, Romley is one of the, um, other astronauts he's more of the science than the brawn i would say yeah he's he wants to study the black hole that's yep. near miller and man's planet um and he's like kind of having a a moment where he's like we are so close to the outside absolute nothingness of space all we have are these walls they're so thin and he's like almost working himself up into a panic and coop uh, gives him a Walkman with rain sounds, and that seems to really help. And I think we've mentioned this before, but, like, how thick are shuttles or, and or station walls? Like Pretty thin. They, oh, they're thin. Oh, I thought they would be thick. Are no. they thin? Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty darn thin. Really? Yeah. But what if they get hit by a rock? Well... You better hope the rock's not very big. That was a very final well. Yeah. What if these people were hit by something random all on their way to Saturn and they just never made it? Well, I mean, okay, so, so like when you when you build something to travel further, you typically try to make it a little more resistant to running into shit. And they know that this is going through a wormhole. So. Here's here's a good example of like how common it is or like how much people prepare for being hit by shit in space. Okay, the James Webb telescope was designed to withstand impact. Uh like the sensors were designed to withstand impact from small space debris. And very shortly after it opened, it immediately got hit by a bit of space debris that was bigger than they anticipated. Oh, no. And so they immediately had to start working on the algorithms that they use to correct the images based on the fact that parts of the satellite have, or parts of the, like, sensor array have been damaged. In more or less, like, the post-production rather than the actual yeah, 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 yeah. taking the photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you take the, like, this is also how my job works, is, like, you take a picture... And you know that the equipment that you use to take the picture isn't perfect. So what you do is you you go back and you say, I know what the picture is supposed to look like. So you take so. All right. Typically, the, the, the way that something like this works is let's say I have a star out there and I know I fuck from past measurements exactly what that star is supposed to look like. I know what the power spectra should be. I know what all the measurements through all these various you know, frequency spectra should be. What I can do is I can point at that star and I can start taking pictures of it and I can use those pictures 
Like, and I can use what I already know about that star to correct the pictures. Oh, to kind of like work backwards. Yeah, so, so you have a picture and you know what the picture should look like. So you correct the picture to look like what it should look like. And then everything else you take pictures of should be correct. Mm -hmm. Like that's how that general, that general procedure works. Is there any artistic license that people give themselves? Absolutely not. Okay, good. Just want to make sure. No, 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 no art, no artistic license. The artistic license comes from the like piling all the pictures together and then coloring them to look nice based on those colors aren't real. Yeah, a lot of those colors aren't real. That was the whole point about how fucking cool it was. It was a billion fucking colors. I, the majesty of space, Neil. Uh, look, some of the colors are real, but a lot of it is artificially colored. Because most of what the James Webb Telescope does is take pictures in a frequency spectrum that the human eye cannot see. All right, that's pretty cool. They can, They can either interpret what the colors should be based on what the what the composition of the material is which might be what they do or what they can do is take all of the frequency of pictures that they take like and then just shift it down and scale it into the visible light spectrum oh that's an interesting which is also a reasonable thing to do Oftentimes it's done in like black and white initially. Yeah. And then there is some colorization process that happens before it's presented to the public as like, look at these fucking amazing photos. I don't know what coloring scheme or, or practice they choose to use for that. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's cool as shit either way. It's really fucking cool. I'll give you that. But I'm like, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. That's all I have to say about that. A little disappointed. Okay. That's okay. So, super thin walls. Uncomfortable. Do not appreciate. Glad I have that information, though. Uh-huh. One more reason I'm never going to space. Yeah. Um, okay, so they are approaching the wormhole, so they stop spinning so they can look at it. Um, I have I have a two-part question. Yeah. And I think you might have already answered part of it. Um, I lied. You've probably answered both of these. I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh-huh. Can you see a wormhole? Like... So you can see a black hole, right? But like, there's it, it. Like, could you see a traversable wormhole, like the one that yes. they? Yes. You can. Yeah. So it you would, can see it a would, black hole, but would you know that it actually connects to somewhere else? Is there any? Two separate concepts now. Oh. Can you see a black hole? Yes. Yes. Do you know that it connects to something else? Honestly, the answer is no. Okay. Is it likely to connect to something else? Depends on when it was formed. Mm. If you have what we call like primordial black holes, meaning they're very old, they formed in the early universe, there's a much bigger chance that they are actually connected. I mean, if they've just been sucking shit in since the time began. Because it's more likely that there were like there was matter that was close together that wasn't tangled. And then part of that entanglement got sucked into one of the black holes. And then the other one just fucking went off into space. Yeah. And maybe it got sucked into a black hole later in its life without ruining the entanglement. Possible. Matter of fact, it can happen. So I guarantee that it, well, I can't guarantee that it has happened because we actually haven't. Odds are pretty good. Yeah. We haven't actually discovered any what we call primordial black holes yet. 
or we aren't sure whether or not they are primordial black holes. And just because a black hole is a supermassive does not necessarily mean it's old, right? It means that it's been around long enough to absorb a lot of material, but okay. that doesn't necessarily indicate how old it actually is. Sure. Uh, because it, it depends on where it was formed and how it was formed, right? So, you know, the, the black hole at the center of the Milky Way is probably pretty old, yeah, how old? Great question. Hard to say. I, I guess they might actually have an answer for that. So the Milky Way is actually almost as old as the universe itself. Dude! Um, we have apparently some very good evidence that the Milky Way is more than 13 billion years old. That's a lot of years. And the universe itself is about 13.7 billion years old. How do we know that? I know this is a whole longer question, but like... Generally, you look and see how far you can see, and then that tells you how old the universe is. So the oldest thing you can see is, you know, 13.7 billion years in the past. There are some other fancier special ways that you can do that, but... I like that, though. That is... That I can is, wrap my head around that. That is a way of doing it. You just literally look into the past in space until you see the oldest thing that you can see. But there are also some very good models that say, you know, based on properties of space that we've measured, how old should the universe be? And we have an answer for that. I like that. Yeah. Um, there are also ways to tell how old a, uh, a galaxy is based on how active its black hole is. And it turns out that the, the black hole that the Milky Way has is not particularly active. So it's actually not that surprising. Maybe that it's, it's old and tired. It's just big and old. Yeah. Just like my grandpa. Nice. Big, old, tired. Um, okay, so back to this movie. So, oh, oh, Neil, Neil, they did the Event Horizon thing. They what, did the Event Horizon thing. What where is they the Event drew, Horizon they thing? They drew a picture oh, on God. paper. <laughs> they sure did. About uh, how a wormhole works. They had two can we, dots. Can we actually call this the wrinkle in time thing? Instead we haven't. Of in in the context of this podcast, we have not watched A Wrinkle in Time. Damn. So. You're right. I'm sorry. It's okay. I understand. Um, I can call it the wrinkle in the event horizon thing. No, just call it the event horizon thing. Okay. Until we watch A Wrinkle in Time. It's not science-y enough. It's too science fiction. I'm sorry. I've boxed myself in here. Yep. <laughs> so they're doing the event horizon thing where they draw... Two dots on a piece of paper. And they're like, what's the fastest way between the two dots? Fold that motherfucker in half and stick a pencil through it. That's the fastest way. Yep. And that sign still holds up. That science does hold up. That is a projection into two two dimensions. Uh, but our universe is three-dimensional. So... Three-plus, possibly. Yeah. Three... It's technically a three-plus-one because of time right. being a, a dimension, a but it's a pseudo dimension. So it's a weird, anyway, it's a whole thing. Um, so the idea is like you, instead of connecting like two points on a piece of paper, you connect two spheres in 3d space via a like extended sphere object through 4d space. Yes. And, and that's exactly what this wormhole looks like. It looks like, a sphere. A sphere. It looks like a bubble. It's supposed to. Yeah. It's fucking sick looking. It's, it's cool as hell. It's so fucking cool. And it's big. And so then I, I guess 
based on what you're explaining, is that there's our sphere, which is the same as the sphere in the far reaches of space. It is the same sphere, or it is a connection of sphere? They are parts of the same object that enter uh, our space at two different points. Excellent. Yeah. Think of it. Think of it kind of like if I drew a circle and then I like put a slice of paper through the circle, like on the Z axis. Right. So like down through the middle here and two points of the circle intersect at different points, but they're the same object. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. Same thing. Okay. Just more dimensions. Fucking sick. Um, I really enjoy it that they do that. So, uh, they say that a circle, like you said, in three dimensions is a sphere, and it looks like a, a, like a bubble. Like, it blew a bubble out like of a space bubble. field. Like, it's a space bubble. It's even got, like, kind of visual reflections of themselves, and it's fucking cool looking. I absolutely loved I it. I thought they did a great job with this, by yeah. the way. Like, this whole upcoming scene... I thought Super was cool. really neat. Even though it's not a black hole. It's not a black hole. But it's cool looking. Yeah. It's also the future. I don't know. Maybe someone fucking discovered a way to make a stable black, like a stable traversable wormhole. Right? It, it, the them, whoever them is, they can apparently do anything. So that's what happens. Um, bup, 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 bup. So you already answered my question about electricity working in a wormhole. It would. In this case, because it's traversable. Because it's traversable. Oh. We're making different assumptions. I, I told you about what the modern working theory behind plausible or realizable wormholes in the universe are. Yes. That is explicitly different from what they are claiming to be a wormhole here. Okay. Which is something that is hypothetical and not physically realizable given our universe as we know it. But assuming that their leap of logic is true, then you could send signals through the universe, like through the wormhole. Oh, even communication? Even communication. Oh, that's fucking sick. Okay, cool. Um inside the wormhole also looks really cool. Again, it's all like the um Light is kind of bendy. Like, I just, I keep coming back to, like, a bubble. Like, it I mean, looks like... I think they actually did some simulation here of, like, if you were to project what the interior of a extruded three-dimensional object through 4D space would look like in three dimensions, I believe they did, a, like, a, a somewhat realistic projection of that. Because when I watched this... I fucking believed it. Oh my god, that is the highest compliment I have ever heard you give. Yeah, it was podcast. great. It was fucking phenomenal. It's not real, but I loved but it anyway. But it's cool looking, right? Oh, that's so cool. Um, oh, and, and while they're, I think they're just about to enter, or or they're just barely entered, um, Brand looks over to the side. No, it's while they're in the bulk. It's while they're in it? Yeah. Um, so while they're, they're traversing this wormhole, Brand looks to the side, and there is a distortion of light is that a fair representation of what i mean it's it's not just light it is like a space, space. distortion yeah that is kind of comes out of nowhere and she reaches out her hand and it reaches out its hand and her hand kind of warps weirdly and they're like that was aliens found it aliens got but it she like cries a little she's like first contact yeah so well, that's kind of neat I 
again, don't really understand what they're trying to go for, but it looked fucking cool. Seemed all right. Okay, so they're on the other side. And I will say, they gently glided to a stop. There was no sudden, like, when you get off a moving walkway, like, kind of trip over yourself. It just... It's like, well, that's... I don't know if I believe that, but that's okay. I, mean, I don't have to. Yeah. I don't know if they would have... Honestly, I don't even know if the interior of that thing would have looked like much. I mean, it's hard to say, right? Yeah. So... It, honestly, they probably just should have glided like in one end and immediately out the other. Or maybe they needed to... Where there's no tunnel? Well, like, you wouldn't experience the tunnel. Yeah, because it's, like you said, it's just two parts of the hole. It just... Boop. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So I'm... I'm You're just puncturing through. I'm not... Yeah, I'm not super sure what the theory behind that is Unless and whether it's or just not that big like maybe it's that big and they're instead of just like a whoop. yeah it's a very visual way to describe my thoughts on an audio medium yep <laughs> super useful for the audience at home super sorry folks useful. i hope my sound effects helped Anyway, so now we're we're in a whole nother galaxy. There's a a bright sun with some planets around, planets you can see. Um, is there actually a sun? I'm pretty sure that's what I saw. I don't think there is. Where's the light coming from? I think it's coming from the black hole. Folks at home, you can't see my face, but it's great. Yeah. That light's coming from the... I thought... There's no way I can check. Coming from the black hole is a bit of an analogy. Like, it's not quite the right use of speech. Okay. But all of the matter that is being collected by the black hole is being accelerated very violently. And when you accelerate things, especially charged particles, they produce light. So you would physically see all of the shit around a black hole. Like, like... When they when they show the black hole in the movie and there's all of these like th- there's all of these like streaks of like and stuff around it. Yeah. Like that is all that's not like artistic interpretation. The, that is real light real stuff. from particles that you are seeing being accelerated around the black hole. Dude. Like they like all the all that stuff does emit in the visible light spectrum. It emits in a much different kind of of light spectrum uh, than the sun does, but it's still there. No images. I don't know what's going on with your internet, but it's it's having a struggle. It's having issues, but that's okay. Um, I didn't even think about that as a possibility. Um, yeah, I, re- I thought there was a sun, but I like your answer better. Your answer's way more interesting. Like, all of all of this, like, shit around the black hole yeah. is all glowing because it's, like, it, there's it's actually that much that. light. Holy shit. It would probably look a lot different than the sun. It would probably be a much whiter light than the sun's, like, yellowish, greenish light. So then here's a follow-up question. Yeah. Is why would we want planets that close to a black hole i mean it's a great question it depends on how far away they are honestly 
Um, Close enough because, you can fucking see it. Yeah, because it actually doesn't really matter how long it takes to orbit the black hole. What matters is how physically close to the black hole you are, um, which sometimes, which will, like, judge, how, like, affect how long you go around. But what more matters is, like, how long a day is. Yeah. Like, how fast your planet is rotating. But if you're too close to the black hole, we see that there are some issues with that. And you will get sucked in that much faster. Eh, less of a problem. You, you're probably, like, you'll be around for long enough that it doesn't matter. Like, technology will advance far enough that you can fucking deal Top with that. Hop, jump in a, away. You know, a half a million years or however many, right. however long it takes, right? But the, the, the really interesting thing is that, like, you are just constantly being bombarded by radiation. So you have to have, like, a planet that has a really good magnetic field around it to protect you from that. Which probably means that the aurora on that planet are going to be fucking stunning, by oh, the way. Oh, dude. You also have to have an atmosphere that is particularly opaque to some of the more dangerous kinds of radiation, much like Earth's atmosphere is. Like, Earth's atmosphere is remarkably opaque to a lot of the shit that's really bad for humans to begin with, which is fucking good. thumbs up. Great. Yeah, good shit. Going. Love it. Um, I love your work. But... Uh, the, the really interesting thing is being that close to a black hole would probably spark a lot of, if you got life going in the first place, spark a lot of, um, like biodiversity through mutation, because there would probably be a much larger ambient, uh, radiation level on the planet. So you remember when we talked about atomic gardening? Oh yeah. It, it would be like atomic gardening on a planetary scale. From Moonfall, I believe. It was atomic gardening within the megastructure. Yes. Excellent. So, so in case people want to go back and check out that classic episode. Good shit. Um, dude. That's fucking sick. Yeah. Goddamn. Um, okay, so we're, we're in this new galaxy. We are getting some transmissions from other astronauts. There are three planets. Um, I'm gonna say nearby, but they're not like nearby there there's still some distance between them but there's three planets that they're getting transmissions from that um we we they will try and check out if they have time and fuel and all that jazz um this first planet miller's planet they say one hour on the planet is the same as seven years back on earth because of the time slippage okay i want to talk about this real quick please do um this is cool this is one of the places where they fudge the number really badly. Oh. Um, just for some perspective, the Large Hadron Collider, when it accelerates protons, they go fucking cooking. They're almost at the speed of light. The time slippage that those protons experience is a factor of 7,000. So, like, one second in their time frame is 7,000 seconds for us. How much is that in hours? Uh, 7,000 seconds is, let's see, 60 seconds in a minute. So let's let's just dial it down to 6,000 for the, the sake. So that's 100 minutes. Okay. Um, which is, so it's probably, you know, like close to two hours worth of time. One second of that proton's time is two hours of our time. Yeah. That's crazy though, yeah. right? It's pretty wild. Right, That's like they are, cool. they are experiencing time at a much slower rate than we are, because of how fast they're going. 
Did you ever see the movie Over the Hedge? <laughs> yeah, I sure fucking did. <laughs> I was just thinking about that movie this weekend. Because it's a great fucking movie. Have but have he, Hammy, yeah. I think Hammy. Oh yeah, when he starts going like fucking light speed and everything slows everything down for him. Everything slows down except for him. Yeah, that's And they that's... kind of do that with like Quicksilver and stuff like that in some yeah, of the yeah. superhero movies. That's Is like, that the same idea? It's the same concept. Okay, so... Remember the number 7,000, okay? These 7, are the protons at the LHC. This is as fast as humanity can fucking cook shit up. Yeah. Okay? Uh, 7,000. 7. The, the factor of time dilation that they ex- they describe for this planet is a factor of 61,000, like more than 61,000. That is a slight increase. It's 61,320. Fuck, dude. Okay? So that means that... For every, I mean, they just, they say it. For every hour that passes on this planet, seven years pass on Earth. That's so much. This is so concerning. You would have to be so close to the fucking, uh, to the fucking black hole for this to happen that it, like, you would probably need to be, like, inside the black hole. But then how much of that, though, is the fact that they're just on the other side of the universe. Very little, because it goes through the wormhole, which is instantaneous. Okay, you got me there. So the 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 time it takes for light to get from Earth to, like, I don't know, Saturn, maybe ten minutes, maybe less. Because the time it takes for light to get from the sun to Earth is, like, eight minutes. Yeah. And yeah. the time it takes to get from, you know, Earth to Saturn is probably another, you know, ten... 20 minutes tops. Saturn's pretty far out there. Yeah. So it takes 20 minutes for the, the light to get from wherever that fucking wormhole is to Earth tops. Yeah. And then it takes another, you know, at most probably a couple hours, maybe, depending on that. where in this in the system they are to get to that, that thing. That is interesting. But okay. probably not even that long. So like maximum time delay from surface of one of these planets, assuming no time slippage, is like roughly, I don't know, like two hours. That's fucking even crazier. Yeah. Like the, the really wild part, though, is that they would not have gotten Miller's signals for at least seven years. That that's yeah, their it's going to come up. Yeah, because. Because anything that tries to leave that planet is going to take is that going long. to take seven years to leave that planet. Yeah, I don't remember if they said back on Earth how long they've been getting Miller specifically. Her, so, so um, they should have. It should have. They what? What should have happened is that they should not have gotten her signals, like pretty much at all until very very until recently. like three years before this mission started. They should not have received, like, anything. Yeah. And then they probably should have received signals that were, like, really stretched out. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it's it's really it's really interesting that of all the signals that they, they like, picked, they chose this one. I, I, I understand... I it's because it's close to the other two. It's also for... Strong. It's also... It's, it was the closest planet. It, it had signs of, of water and potential building blocks of life. But it's, it's like a terrible decision. Yes. They literally, they literally, they talk about it after the fact, but, uh, they do the dumbest shit. Yeah. There's 
we're, anyway, we're literally about to get into it. We, we, we should pick up the pace. Yes. Okay. So, um, they now say that time is a resource like food and oxygen because of this uh, slippage. And they're going to go to the closest planet because it looks promising. You know, drop in, drop out really quick. And at most, it'll be seven years back on Earth. We're just going to boop. We're going to grab you. And we're going to pop back out. If it's good data, we'll think about coming back. Um, everyone is going to go down to the surface except for Romilly. He's going to stay back and experience these seven years um, so he can study gravity. He can study the black hole so he can, you know, do a couple things. And it's going to be great. And, okay, so now we're on Miller's planet. They're coming in hot, and they use the air brake so they can save fuel. Sorry, I'm going to back up. And just, time. And time. I'm back up just briefly saying that they make semi-last-minute decisions about who's going to be awake and who's going to sleep and stuff like that. And do they might... Do they have enough food for that? You don't know the answer to this, but, like, there's a lot of, like... I'll come back to it, but you can't just choose not to be awake or choose to be awake and eat food if you're expecting three people to come back. I have issues. Neither here nor there. So, they're coming in, um, and it's a bumpy ride, and they land in the water, which is a good sign, building block of life and all that jazz. Um, but the way they spin down, the way the coop spins them down to... Uh, uh, like we said, save fuel and, and save time, I would be so sick. I say this a lot about things in space. I would not make a good astronaut. I would be so ill. Anyway, they're in water, uh, or they're landing, and they're like, all right, let's find her. Let's, you know, in, out, all that jazz. And they go outside, and it's it's water, but it's, like, only water. There is no land in sight, but it's shallow enough to walk in, so that's something, at least. And they see... Um, what appears to be mountains in the distance. So they're like, all right, maybe that's, you know, where she is. Uh, they say it's 130% of Earth's gravity. So it's also, you're moving pretty slow. And I'm assuming you're getting tired. Um, bup, 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 bup. They find the signal of the first ship, and the ship is destroyed. And it's kind of far out. So Bran's going out. She's trying to get it. And, um, which I had a question, uh-huh. Neil. Um, Spacesuits generally yeah. don't get wet. Can a spacesuit get wet in the water that we see here and still protect you in space? So you got to make a distinction between suits meant for space walks and suits meant for traveling in a ship going from place to place. Okay, and I would assume this is in a ship traveling from place to place. Yes. So okay. these suits are not meant for going into space, and it's probably okay that they got wet. Okay. However... The spacesuits that they test on Earth, like, they have to test those spacesuits somehow. And they actually do submerge them in water. Like we saw in Armageddon. Like we saw in Armageddon. So, yes, those suits are, at least as far as I can tell, they're the the real fucking suit. Maybe they use mock-ups that are, like, capable of getting wet. I'm not actually sure. But I'm pretty sure they're the same thing because of how specifically tailored... uh, suits like like spacewalk suits need to be for individuals right right interesting okay um okay so brand like i said she's out trying to get the box and coop all of a sudden he's looking at those mountains and he's like really feels like that mountain's coming at us and oh shit it's a wave you guys it's not just a wave it is 
a wall of water I, at least a mile high. Yeah. It's so big. Yep. And it's coming at them very fast. Um, so literally, like, there's no way that we could live on this planet. As far as we can tell from this planet, it's just water and this wave that's just coming, circling all yeah. around. It's so just to just to point out, like. The whole surface of the planet, as far as we can tell, is covered in water, but at any particular point, it doesn't seem to be super deep. It seems to be like, you know, tops knee high. If there was no strong gravitational pull from the black hole, it would, and it would all be a little this higher. water would be spread out across the world, yeah. it'd be a little higher. Yep. I mean, also, like, this wave is super unrealistic. How, is there a way that we could, not with the water we have, if we had as much water as it looks like they had on this planet, like, is there a way that this wave could be possible? No, it's, no, too, no it's, matter too, what it's you too sharp. It's, oh. too, it's too sharply peaked toward wherever it is. Fair play. So it's literally a tide because it's, because, I mean, it's literally like the water on the planet is sloshing to one, well, the planet is rotating. And the water is staying stationary in space while the planet rotates inside of it. Dude, that planet is moving so fast. Yeah, it's, it's fucking rotating quick. But I mean, also, like, Earth rotates pretty quick. Yeah, but we don't have tides like that. Our tides take days. No, six hours. Six hours. Hours, days, same time. Yep. Uh, this, at least in the time that we see on, um, in the film, it feels like it's... 10 minutes between the two waves oh yeah it, it yeah definitely yeah so it's well i mean okay so there are two bulges there will always be like two halves of the tide that stay like on equal like in the same spots on either side of the planet that at least in this particular planet, they'll stay stationary and the planet will rotate through it. So if it takes you half a half a like 10 minutes to get from one wave to the next, that means that the planet is doing like a full rotation every 20 minutes. Jesus, that is so fast. Yeah. Fuck, dude. It's quick, which probably contributes to the time dilation that because the planet is spinning so much. Because it's spinning so fast. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that, that twist that you were talking about um, yeah, like in the, the science bunching. corner. The yep. bunching. That's Interesting. Okay. Um, okay, good. So, Brand is way the fuck out there and trying to get the black box from Miller's crash and Coop's like, you gotta get the fuck back in! Let's go! And she's all of a sudden stuck. I didn't see how it happens, but it, all of a something sudden... Something, like, falls on her because of a wave or something? She, like, slips? I don't know. Uh, she's stuck. She needs help. The way that it is. Um, Tars goes out and get her and he looks so cool. He's pinwheeling like we kind of said he, he did and then he picks her up and then pinwheels back, and it's really fucking cool. Um, so Tars and Brand get inside the lander, but my bearded guy just stands there for exactly too long because he gets washed the fuck away, but he could have gotten in literally at any point. Literally. Yeah, it's not clear why he didn't just get in. No, he could have waited for them inside the fucking shuttle, but he doesn't. He waits until they're on, and then he... I don't know, takes a gander at the planet and then leaves. Oh, I should have mentioned it's breathable air. It kind of doesn't matter, but they're not wearing helmets, so he's gone. Um, okay, 
that's just the way that it is. So the engines are flooded and they're being swept up in this wave. So they are at the top of this wave overseeing the land and then they come crashing down and this poor shuttle should have been destroyed. There's no way they could have made it through that. I mean, with this particular wave, yeah, probably. Right? <clears throat> it's just it's just too much. Um I will say seeing this particular scene in the theater and I'm pretty sure I saw it in an IMAX, fucking crazy. Nice. Oh my god, it was so cool because the screen's so big and the sound is so much and it was a crazy fucking scene in the theaters. Um so they're falling, but the ship... They're falling on the other side of the wave, but the ship doesn't break apart. Don't know how. Doesn't really matter. Um, so now they're on the other side, and the engines need to drain. But, like, truly, though, how fucked would this lander be if they got floated on a mile-high wave? Then just dropped? It just fucking dropped! Like, not only are their engines flooded, which there, there can't be a fast way to fix that... No. If anyway. I mean, they, they have to wait for an hour. Yeah. And by the time the end of that hour is, is done, the next wave is pretty much on top of them. So this planet rotates once every two hours. It feels so fast, though, right? It feels yeah. like they just got to the other side and they're like, how about you go fuck yourself, Brand? And she's like, I'm sorry. I did what I thought was right. I thought I, I, thought I knew. Yeah, I thought and I knew. Then, and then like she's like, I like... Anyway, we'll talk more about this when they get back to the fucking endurance. But they do because... say that they lost decades of time. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna fucking lose decades because of this. Yeah, I think I think when they get back, it's like twenty seven years, twenty three years. Fuck, yeah. dude. So that's a long time. Um, uh, she says that time is relative. It can stretch and it can squeeze, but it cannot go backwards. That that the only thing that can do that is gravity. How badly do you think they wish they could have named this movie Gravity? <laughs> like, they... Probably pretty badly. Invoke Gravity so much. I mean, also, that's not true. Gravity can't travel backwards in time. That's an interesting thought. Time is relative. It can stretch and it can squeeze, but it can't go backwards. The only thing that can do that is gravity. I should have put more context around that. I don't remember what they were talking about. Me neither. I But gravity can't go backwards in time. Because time is... Is relative. And, yes. And Gravity time can't only go travels one dimension, as far as we know. Right. Um, so, even if you, like, even if somehow you lived as an extra dimensional being, at least from our current understanding of time, anything behind you in the time dimension would just cease to exist because right. you could not go back to it. Right. You would always, though, see all of time in front of you, which would be weird. And confusing. And confusing, yeah. Um, yeah, sometime we'll talk about gravitational waves. Yeah. I don't think this is the context for it. I think that's fair. Um, so I, they do say that the beings that have communicated to Earth through gravity might be talking to them from the future. I mean, they're wrong, but it's fine. <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, okay, so another wave is coming, but the engines have not drained yet. Um, we already said that they've been down there for a couple hours, but in the magic of film, a couple hours takes a couple minutes. 15 minutes, yeah, why not? So, they, just in the bare snick of time, they get back on there, um, oh, oh, they did say that Miller, the, like you said, the, uh, uh, signal that Miller's ship was sending out, 
that she must have just crashed in time on the planet an hour ago. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And and so the black box was only still sending out a beacon of of hope, basically, because in the time it hadn't even made it all the way to Earth yet that yeah, shit beacon, had gone bad. The beacon had not even had time to be destroyed yet. Yeah. It had not had time to corrode and be lost in the water. Like, it's just, like, it's it's literally, like, they were like, yeah, she must have died, like, minutes, minutes ago. ago. Oh, my God, that was haunting. Yeah, it was a very haunting scene, actually. Um, okay, so <clears throat> we're back on the ship. It's 23 years later. Romley is older, got a little bit of gray here. He slept a bit, but it didn't feel right to sleep his whole time away. Yeah, he was like, I'm pretty sure, I just thought you guys were never coming back. But, like, you gotta run out of food at some point, pal. Maybe I don't not. know what they did. Maybe they, they really glossed over that part. They really did. It's um, the future. Who cares? Who cares? Uh, so Cooper watches um, messages from from Tom because Murph never sent any messages, um, and he watches Tom grow up. And he he shows that Tom got a girlfriend. Tom's getting. He's graduating. He got married. He has a kid. His kid died. Grandpa died. Everyone fucking dies. Um, and Matthew McConaughey is just tour de forcing this fucking emotion. Oh my god! It's it's oh. it's it was one of the most disturbing scenes to watch because he is just like like you you really see the like distraught of like someone losing all of this time. Yeah, like in such a way that like like I don't think people would have thought of, and he is just like. He is he is openly grieving and weeping like tears of passion for the time that he has literally lost. Literally. Yes. Oh, a recurring nightmare that I have actually is waking up and realizing like I've been in a coma or something and I'm 40 and I'm like, what the fuck happened in the last thir 10 years of my life? It's just gone. And like trying to reconcile that. I get that nightmare a lot. That this sucks. is worse. Yeah, that's way worse. This is way worse, though. Um, so, okay. So, life on Earth is not great. Grandpa died. Baby died. Uh, Tom's therapist says that he's not alive, and you have to stop sending these videos for your own mental health. So, Tom stops sending the videos. Then, Murph does send one video. She comes on, all Jessica chastained out, and she says... I am now the age you were when you left. You were supposed to be back by now. Fuck you again. And hangs up. Complete side note. How did they find a child actress who A, looked so much like Jessica Chastain and B, was so good? I don't know. They're really good at doing that They're these days. really good at doing that. That's a complete side note. Okay, so briefly, I am going to touch back on Earth. Um, Murph does work at NASA with Brand. They're still working on the gravity problem. Um, he, uh, Professor Brand, says that he's not afraid of death, he's afraid of time, which is, you know. Christopher Nolan really, or whoever wrote these lines, really was very proud of themselves for a lot of these lines. Just, I'm gonna slip that in. Not afraid of death. I'm afraid of time. We're the ghosts of our children's future. Just really proud of themselves, every single one. Yeah, I, I actually hated this line because it was, I'm an old physicist, I'm not afraid of death, I'm afraid of time. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he saying that gives her an idea, and she says that we've been missing something this whole time with this calculation. We've been working with both hands tied behind our back. 
And Brand doesn't want to talk about it he, he, in a kind of sketchy way. Just like, what do you know, old man? Do you know what she was talking about or no? I mean, I think that like the the we will see that there is a big reveal later and she is getting hints of this reveal of the fact that 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 Brand has not been totally forthcoming with yes. information. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay, so I just really I wanted to briefly touch on that. So back on the station, they don't have the fuel to visit both remaining planets because of the time that they spent on um, on Miller's planet. Brand wants to go to Edmund's planet, and that's that's her boyfriend. Um, no, and, she doesn't want to go to Edmund's planet. No, she does. She doesn't want to go to Man's planet. She wants to find Edmund in case he's alive and see him again. She doesn't want to see man. She doesn't want to go to that planet because love tells her that the other one's the right one. And love is more powerful than science. Yeah, but I thought she was advocating going to not boyfriend's planet because she was like, I because I love him. And it's been 23 years and I don't want to find him dead or 23 years older. No, she said she recognized that it's a... a pipe dream basically to find him again but she adamantly wants to go to that planet wild and coop wants to go to man's planet because man is uh closer and he's got a very strong signal with really promising details saying that life is a very viable option whereas edmund's planet it's it's not as promising logic would dictate that they should go to man's but she says because of love that we should go to Edmonds, and uh, yeah, love transcends dimensions of of time and space, just like gravity does. Fucking big double middle finger guns to that. <laughs> Are you saying love isn't the most powerful entity in the universe? No, love makes humans do dumb shit, and as far as we know, that's the only people it makes do dumb shit. I mean, that's fair play, except for uh, monkeys. They love. Same with dolphins. Okay. Cobra's made for life. Doesn't seem to... Well, yeah. I'm not sure that that's necessarily a love thing, but it could be. Never know. Fuck if I know. Fuck if I know. Okay, so they're going to go to man's planet because it is the most logical solution. Um, Okay, so Brandon Cooper fighting because she, Brand, accuses Coop of saying they don't have enough fuel for a return journey only because he's factoring in getting back home. To get to his family. And she's like, that's kind of bullshit. Because you want your love, but I don't get my love? Fuck you. And there's, and saving the planet is way more important than um, going back home. And uh, da, 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 then Murph calls the... Um, what's it called? The Endeavor? Uh, calls them saying that Professor Brand is dead. And then she says, did you know... That this was a sham? Because dun dun dun! On his deathbed, Professor Brand tells her that he figured out the equation to the the gravity issue decades ago. Decades ago. And he knows that it can't be done. So there was no plan A. It was only plan B. And, uh, that sucks. And so then she's like, Dad, did you leave me here to die? Because that's kind of fucked up. And I can't disagree. That would be super fucked up. That would be really fucked. Um, so boop, 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 boop. So now 
They're on man's planet. They hit a cloud. They're coming in through the clouds, and they look very fluffy, but they hit one, and it breaks off like ice, which is a great fucking reveal. The whole planet appears to be ice. Um, they haven't... They didn't mention it that I caught, but this planet also being close to the black hole should also have time slippage, right? It. I, they don't... They don't say how close it is. She said that it's too close to the black hole. We should go to Edmund's planet. That's all they said. And so, and maybe because they already did a time slippage scene, they don't feel like they need another one. Or they were like, or she's like horrified of time slippage now because of how much her fucking mistake cost them. Which is fair. I also I, would be yeah, super fucked up about it. Pretty fucking fair. Um, anyway, so we have no idea if there's time slippage on this. They don't really say. It doesn't really come up. I'm going to assume it's fine. Unclear. Um, so we come up and we see that there's a, a station. Man has clearly made a station of some sort. It's got power. It's got flags fucking waving. I don't even know. So they go in and they find the sleep pod and they they open it up and they unzip it. And who the fuck pops out, Neil? Motherfucking Matt Damon. Motherfucking That's who pops Matt out. Damon. How was that reveal for you? It was surprising. They got me. Right? I was like, oh shit, it's Matt Damon. They didn't have that in any of the advertising either. So in the theaters, I'm like, motherfucker, that is Matt Damon. What? It was good shit. It was good stuff. Um, so that's kind of fun. Um, so he sees Coop and he just breaks down. He Because he's he, I'm sure he thought he would never see another human being also, ever again. Uh, having some like reverse context he is uh he is breaking down for a plethora of reasons human contact i think being first and foremost yes. but potentially feelings of guilt yes possibly in there as well oh and yeah we'll big time get to it um but like can you even imagine how long he's been alone on this planet like that would fuck with your head so hard i mean he was probably alone for like you know 10 years before he decided to fucking sleep yeah Ugh. Forever. I just wanna sleep forever. So, um, he was alone long enough to use all of his supplies, he says. Yep. So that's a legitimate reason to go to sleep. Um, he didn't even set up a wake-up time. Um, he's the only one they could find. I don't remember what I meant by that. Oh, he's the only person, the only astronaut that they have found. Miller obviously was gone. Yep. Man's the only other one they checked, so he's the only other one they found, and he's kind of like, fuck. I thought there was something that went wrong with, like, Edmund's signal. Like, it stopped or something like that. Maybe that's what it is, and that's why they... That was one of Coop's reasons for not... Going. Going. That would make sense. I think you're right. Um, so he starts breaking down kind of facts about the planet. He says that the days are 67 hours long, and they're cold, and the nights are 67 hours long and much colder 80% of earth's gravity you can breathe the air for a little bit but not too long it's um, a lot of sulfur in their atmosphere yeah yeah and then he says organics exist on the surface but they are currently on an ice shelf awfully uh lucky wouldn't you say S sounds like it to me sounds like but it honestly it actually sounds like sound science really yeah if the if the if the mantle of the earth isn't particularly warm, like, uh, th uh, thick, or if there's any volcanic activity underneath, 
then you would absolutely end up like if, if there was enough water to like make like fucking, you know, clouds of ice like we see on this planet um, that it would like build up like this. Absolutely. Under pressure down at the bottom, there's probably a bunch of liquid, a bunch of liquid water. Oh, well, that's interesting. I, I assumed he was full of shit the whole time. But... I mean, he. I'll, we'll talk about this in a second. Yeah. Um, okay, so Brand finally gets that message that her father is dead. Uh, then Murph tells them that their message, me, their mission is a whole sham, and she asks if uh, Coop left her there to die, and Man says that they knew before he even left, however many years ago, that there's no way that Plan A was viable. Like, they kn- already knew. Their best uh, uh, option was to get Plan B off the ground. Um... He says they couldn't bring together relativity and gravity, and that the only way they could get that information to bring those two together is by going into a black hole. Um, I think you might have already touched on this, but I've forgotten. Can you remind me one more time? Bringing together relativity and gravity. What does he mean by that? So he probably means, like, coming up with a consistent description of, like, gravity as a force... Or, like, space-time as a field that meshes well with the laws of quantum mechanics. So what they're effectively looking for is a consistent description of gravity that works well within both frameworks. Okay. So both both uh, general relativity, so on, you know, scale of the cosmos, mm-hmm. and uh, that fits well into situations where... Uh, you know, gravity is strong enough that now it is a player in the uh, standard model of particle physics. Okay, good. Okay. I like those words. Yeah. They, uh, they've described it terribly. Okay. <laughs> because relativity and gravity work together just fine. Right. I, I thought I was misunderstanding it, but it's not just me. Um, it's not only me, I should say. So, they say that uh, people would only work this hard uh, to save the world if they thought that they could save themselves. Otherwise, they'd be like, no, that's fucking future people's problem. That's not my problem. A bold description. I, yeah, right. Um, Okay, so, Coop is ready to go home. Romley says is, uh, Romley says that if Coop on his way out, because Coop's just going to fucking leave. Apparently, he's allowed to do that. On his way out, if you can swing by that black hole and drop a probe, Tars, um, so he pro, so Tars can skim across the black hole, we can get the information they need for that equation, and it could all be fine. Um, bump, 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 bump. Then Man brings Coop out, um, out a ways so they can find a place for another base camp. Because um, they needed, I want to say triangulation, they had a reason that they, they needed to leave and go set it up. So he says the need for the humans is what makes us humans. Um, as they're out, Romley and Tars are going to try and fix um, man's robot, who we see is basically completely disassembled. Um, man said he needed to use it to power something, kind of like Coop did with the drone. He eviscerated it and used it to power something that he needed that was more important. So he yep. says, uh, man says that's what happened to their other robot, but Romley and Tars are going to try and fix it. Um, so as Man and Cooper are wandering around this frozen fucking wasteland, they've got these cool little fucking elbow jets that stop their fall when they jump off a ledge. 
What is that? Do you think that's oxygen? That seems like a waste of oxygen. I mean, it's probably just atmosphere. At, they just like absorb like, in and they're. Pfft. Well, I mean, there's probably like a, a system on their back that like probably just if they're in an environment or they can set it up so that they're, if they're in an environment that like has a pressurized gas, like a, a, a gas in the atmosphere that can be pressurized, it probably just has a little compressor that just runs for a while like making enough pressurized gas to be able to, you know, help assist with these movements. Well, that's kind of easy. Is how I would describe that it works or yeah. how I would make it like how I would try and make it work. Yeah. It's it's kind of a neat idea if I you're agree. just trying to tool around on a planet just enough to stop you from killing yourself. Yep. Yeah. No, I like it. Um okay, so man said he like he was so fucking cocky when he went out here. He never really thought that his planet wasn't gonna be the one that saved everybody. It, like, never even entered his mind that his planet would have failed. Then he sucker punches Coop, knocks him into a big fucking hole, and he says that they they cannot survive on this planet. The planet has no life. The planet is dead. It is only the ice shelf. There is no uh, life on the core, just like he said it was. Um, he faked all of the data so he could get people to come save him. You fucking asshole. Yeah. You fucking asshole. Yeah, so because he, like, one of the things that I wanted to point out earlier is, like, how, I think you were trying to ask, like, how could he have faked all of this data? Well, he's probably a fucking, you know, geological scientist or has a lot of training right. in, like, like, what... Would what look exactly good. they're looking for. Well, yeah, like, what looks good? Like, what are the basic building blocks of life that would make people want to come to this planet to come get him? Yeah. So he's like, I'm just going to fucking fake it. I'll say whatever I need like, to say. Like, I'll say whatever I need to say. Like, there might be life down there for all I fucking know. Like, I'm getting signals of organic material. Like, okay, dude. I guess. But I he's guess. a liar. He's this a lying liar. Pants on fire. Pants ablaze. Um, so he, they, they fight. Coop and man, they fight. And man fucking headbutts Coop in his helmet so much it cracks. It's like, how strong are these helmets? I would assume that they, it would take a lot of force to crack a space helmet. I mean, especially one that's like a, like supposed to hold pressure like this. They, they need, like, you know, they are probably like a plastic of some kind. A but pretty like a strong super strong one. plastic. They probably don't even need to be that strong. Really? Yeah, to be able to hold, like... Thin walls and thin helmet plastic? Ugh. Well, so the deal is, right, like, it's not it's not meant to protect them against too much pressure or not enough pressure. It's literally just meant to be a barrier that is, like, sealed against the environment. So, like, imagine that you, like, had a, had a, a I don't know, a fucking balloon, right? And that balloon has... Uh, fresh water in it. And then you go to the ocean and you tie the balloon closed with all the fresh water in it and you push it underwater. Yeah. Right? Like, all it's, it's doing... It's not thin. No, not it's thick. not thick, right? It's just serving the purpose of separating the fresh water from the salt water without letting one or the other go either way. That's all it needs to do. Plus, it needs to be see-through. So it's fine, actually, if it's probably, like, a little brittle. I, I know the words you say absolutely make sense, but it is horrifying. Yeah. To think that they're so close 
to the great vacuum of space. Well, they don't wear these particular... That's right. This is a spacewalk. Yeah, they're not meant to be... Like, as far as we can tell, these helmets are definitely not meant for a spacewalk. Right. They never really go on a spacewalk in this movie, do they? They only do terrestrial... Well, they go on one. I uh, forgot about that. Forgot about that. Okay, so we'll get to that. Um, okay. So it wouldn't take much to crack it. That's horrifying. Um, bup, 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 bup. In this situation, knowing what we know about the atmosphere, which they said was pretty close to Earth's, um, you can breathe it a little bit, but, like, what would, what would the ramifications be if your helmet cracked? Oh, I like, mean, you would suffocate. Suffocate. Oh, that's nope. Don't like that. No, I, I mean that makes sense because your your air is escaping. Yeah, like you you are on it, and it might be painful depending on what the atmosphere like Ooh, is yeah. made of. Like if it's made of sulfur, like your body does not react well to sulfur yeah. in general. So it's and probably he's rolling around like he like he for is sure writhing breathe, in pain. Yeah, writhing in pain. Yeah. Um, and fucking man, he walks away because he says this fucking asshole. He walks away because he can't watch Coop suffocate to death, but he's speaking through their, their headsets their or comm set, their comm yeah. set saying, I'm here, I'm with you, I'm right here with you the whole time. No, you're literally not. You ginormous anus is just... He plays a hateable character so well. So well. And like, you can kind of understand where he's coming from. Like, I don't want to be lost in space either. That would suck. But that's also kind of what you signed up for, Spud. But neither here nor there. So Coop takes his glove off. So now he's completely depressurized. Um, he takes his glove off. Not and necessarily. Really? Yeah. But it's just open, isn't it? Well, it's it's, it's not the pressure again. I like, guess. And also, like, if the glove, like, like the prob- probably the correct way to build the suit is to have, like, a, a seal around your, your hand and then have the glove seal over the suit on the exterior here. So, it, like, you could you could take the glove off. And maybe not and lose And not that. lose your, your, like, hermetic seal I, interior. Uh, I don't remember the, how it looked Me in the film. But I like, I like your thought. That makes more sense. So he takes his glove off and he grabs the transmitter that Man had just thrown away from him. And he warns Brand... Man's uh, probably gonna leave them here. He's going to strand them. Strand them on this fucking planet. Um, Brand gets him onto the transport. Uh, gives him oxygen. Romilly is back at base camp. I don't think he heard Coop's call. I don't think he didn't. He's still here. Where whatever happened, he's still here. He's trying to get the robot to work, and they get it booted up, and then it shows Romilly. And Tars that the planet's dead. Just what man said, but now there's, like, data proof that man uh, uh, fudged all of the numbers to get them to come pick him up. And then, booby trap. The robot blows up. Romley's dead. I think Tars is okay. Oh, there's Tars. two robots. There was Tars and there was... Case. Case. And the... Case is the one that blew up. No. Tar- I thought Tars is the one that goes into the thing. That's is correct. It? Oh, is it? Kate, so there's two robots. Case is the, like, robot that controls the ship. It's like the AI robot for the ship itself. And is like... He's not a standalone? No, he's built into... He's built into the ships. Oh, I thought they were... I thought and he's, like, facilitating a lot of the communication. He's, like, the autopilot drone, like, assistant that, mm-hmm. like, Coop talks to for a lot of the movie for, like, 
case, like, you know, do this, like, fire signals when I tell you to. Like, that is that is who he's talking to. Okay. Um, and then uh, TARS is the, like, standalone robot that, like, fucking wheels around and mm-hmm. does the cool shit. Okay. So, so TARS is on the planet. Yeah, TARS is on the planet. Case is also technically on the planet. Like, they're helping... Because... Because fucking what's her face? Brand. Brand doesn't know how to drive the That's true. the the ship. Case that, drives the ship. Case to pilots him. the transport. Makes sense. Based on her instructions. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, so now we're down to just one robot, because yeah. the other one is blown up. Um, we're down to two robots. Case is still like fucking hanging Case out. Case is around, and Tars is okay. And tar- Tars, Tars was okay. Destroyed. No, no, tar- well, no, no, because one of them. One of them, the one that blows up is the one that was fucking ripped apart for yeah. pieces. Yeah. And Tars tries to warn Romilly, Romilly okay. before, like, the explosion happens. Like, I don't know, or maybe it's Case who communicates to Tars. One of them one is One of there. them says, like, hey, something's not right. Yeah. Like, some, like, explosions, like, explosives detected. Okay. And, and then, um, I mean... Kate, Tars manages to make it out. Right. Relatively unharmed. Relatively unharmed um, for now. So then um, we discover that man, he's going to steal a shuttle and he's going to get to the station and he's going to leave them there to die. But man doesn't know the docking procedure. The one that very technical, tippity-tappity... Air gravity, I don't remember what our rhyme was already, but it was a very good one. Um, He doesn't know how hard it is to lock into the station. Um, That foreshadowing that we were talking about. So there's a potential for him to destroy the station and then everyone is stranded. And that would be unfortunate. Um, So man comes up and, oh, and he turns off audio communication. So while Coop and Brand are like, hey, don't try to connect. You're going to fucking break it. He's like, oh, going to turn that off. Don't want to hear those negative words. I'm only positive here. Um, so he's he's trying to come up and do it himself. And before, it was Coop and Mr. Bearded Man. And, and now Man is trying to do it himself. And it's very shaky. And it's touching, but it's not latching all the way correctly. It's it's an imperfect contact, but he, he overrides that warning. He's like, fuck it. We're going to go in anyway. See what happens. And, uh, and he, he, he does, he opens the hatch and Neil. Yeah. It's time for my favorite song. Oh my God. It's an airlock. It's an airlock blowout. Hell so yeah. we, I gotta actually figure out a song I want to do for that. But for now, that's going to be fine. So we have an airlock blowout. We sure do. And man, is it a doozy? Oh, it's a good one. Cause he fucking blows the fuck up. Yeah, there's a little too much explosion for me personally. I feel like there's sh- there's too much fuel shown, right? Or I mean, like there's too much like fire. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. that shouldn't that probably should not have happened. So it's but it's a good one otherwise. Okay, well that's exciting. Yeah, it's a lot of like you see like shit just go like exploding it's into space gone. because it's all depressurized. Yeah. And, carrying everything with it and yeah. uh the shuttle is blown to bits oh yeah shuttle's blown to bits part of the station is missing part now. part of the station is missing parts of the like um parts of the modules in the ring around the station get like damaged pretty badly it's a whole fucking it's mess a whole fucking mess just like they fucking told him but he was too perfect and he wouldn't listen and he's fucking dick so and now he's dead all right so it destroys now now at because 
we mentioned that there is no air resistance in space. Yeah. Right? So it's spinning. And it's spinning like a fucking top, and there's nothing that's going to fucking stop it. Because that's the way space works. Yep. Um, so Coop, in the other shuttle, is going to go up and try and match its spin so they can try to dock, so they can slow it down slowly but surely. I... Neil, I have yeah. a science question for you. Sure. I I lied. I have several science questions about this scene. I'm excited. So, number one. Yeah. Is that possible? Can you spin your shuttle fast enough to match with whatever the fuck force this was given? Like, it was an explosion. I mean, given enough time and enough fuel, absolutely. There's no way they have enough fuel. I mean, yeah. They're not really super concerned about that at this point. Fair play. And for... The, and, and actually, they, like... Make a point about that. Yeah. In in a little bit, but. Um, so question number two then. Yeah. So it is potentially possible. Yes. What kind of G's based on the images we see? What kind of G's are they looking at? I like, mean, I would bet somewhere like ten to fifteen. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, like, um, Coop explicitly tells Case like, continue the docking procedure if I pass out. Yes. Um. And he's not wearing a helmet. And he's not wearing a helmet. He is wearing, like, a suit, which should... It's not nothing. Should help, but it's not like a... It's not like an Air Force suit that'll, like, constrict around your legs if you pull too many Gs to help keep you from passing out. Which, again, is magic. It's really cool. Uh, But they are, like... There is a good chance that he's going to pass out. And aside from his, like, you know, military background or Air Force training or whatever it is... That's probably the only reason he doesn't. Yeah. I'm actually really surprised that they didn't have Brand pass out. She did. She passed oh, out. Oh, she passed out? Yeah, she did. Oh, that was correct then. Yes. Yep. No, she is out, out like, like a light. light. Um, we haven't really touched on this before, but what do you think they're using for fuel? Like the ship in general? Yeah. I fuck if I know. Good enough. So now they're back on the ship. They slowed it. They're on the station. They slowed it down. And they are headed into that black hole because, I mean, she's big and she's hungry and she wants them. Um, Gotta pay the troll toll. Exactly. <laughs> fucking troll toll. Exactly. So they they lock off the part of the ship that's just gone. The fucking module that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And then um, there's not enough life support to get them home, but they might be able to make it to Edmund's planet. Like, if they, if they time shooting shit off at the right time, they might be able to make it on what little fuel they have to Edmund's planet. Um, he's going to bring them close to the black hole and then slingshot off the planet. I don't know enough about science or math to know if that's possible. That's uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. Seems reasonable. Good enough. Um, okay, so they're going to use the two smaller shuttles that they have. I thought they only had two shuttles. It doesn't matter. Um, to, they're going to use the two smaller shuttles to get them out of that orbit. Um, so this is really the first shot of the black hole that we see. Like a full on... Yeah, the, 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 the whole, black whole hole. thing in its full glory. How's it look? Beautiful. Awesome. I, I guess I totally missed the fucking projectile light. And I'm really bummed about that. Yeah. I guess I'll have to watch it again. Or darn. darn. Um... <clears throat> Now, here's the fucking thing, though. Yeah. I was promised spaghettification. And by I who? know By 
Science by Pass Neil, who said that black holes cause spaghettification. All right. Pass Neil lied I spoke, to me. I spoke in generalizations inappropriately. Yeah. A guess. That's fine. But what we said earlier, potentially in a previous episode, hard to tell at this point, um, we said that this hole is potentially big enough that it just sucks you up, doesn't even need spaghettification. Uh, yeah. So this is... This is a, a feature of, like, so the, the way that spaghettification works is if the black hole is small and the, like, gravitational well that it's sitting in is really steep, then, like, the difference, like, like separation by a foot could lead to, like, differences in pull, like, towards the black hole that are strong enough to very easily rip you apart. That is spaghettification. Okay. You, like, get ripped apart by the tidal forces that this planet or this black hole creates on you. If Sounds you very uncomfortable. Oh, very much so. If you are far enough, if, if the black hole is big enough, um, the, the radius of the event horizon will be, will be large enough that even close to the edge the tidal forces could be tolerable in such a way that you would not be ripped apart. The problem, though, is that these areas are so full of all kinds of horribly nasty radiation that you would just be incinerated. Ooh. Yeah, like, there's so much X-ray and gamma radiation, like, around here that you... Even like, in a shuttle? Even in a shuttle. Oh. It, it, would, it, would, it would probably um, heat the shuttle up to the point where it, like, dissolved. Oh, my God. Or just, like, ate the whole shuttle away, turned it into fucking, like, nothing. Which means a human being has no chance. Oh, yeah, big time. No, no. Yep. Um, would completely rip apart any organic matter very easily. Um, so, like... This scene is definitely still not realistic. Because he doesn't immediately die. Well, we still haven't even gotten there yet. Yeah. But not for the lack of spaghettification. Okay. The lack of spaghettification really is thought. reasonable. I wanted, because in a movie of science, I was like, ooh, maybe we'll see spaghettification. So excited. No. But that's me for getting my hopes up. Shouldn't have done it. Rip. Someday. Um, okay, so... Then, okay, last question. Yes. That's a lie. There's more. But I, the last one for now. How long would it take for him to fall, quote unquote, fall into a black hole? Like, is it a long, drawn out period of time? Assuming that the shuttle doesn't get eaten away and he doesn't immediately blow up from radiation. So the amount of... Well, it's, it's a strange question. From an outsider's view, they would never look like... Like, they would never get there fully. Like, it would look like you were stuck at the event horizon. <gasps> because of how... Time slippage? Yeah. Ah! Because of how much time dilation would start to occur. Oh, that's fucking sick. On a supermassive black hole, the length of time that it would appear to take to fall in would be shorter than on a, a, a smaller one. Um, because of the, the effect of, like, how much time gets dilated near the object. Um, but... It still would take, like, way longer. Like, if, if Brand was watching, she would never see his shuttle actually enter the black hole. 
That's fucking crazy. In the observer's time frame, it probably doesn't take very long. I like, love science. Yeah, you probably, like, you probably enter, I don't know, however long it takes you to get there. Yeah. Because, like, space is, is, like, locally flat, but, like, globally warped. So, wibbly wobbly. Yeah, wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Um, so, so the. Yeah, like it just, it looks like you experience time passing for you normally. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and you would reach the event horizon and then I guess just go through and. That's fucking. I don't awesome. know what would happen on the other side. You'd probably cease to exist, but. Yeah. Well, not here though. So here's what happens, everybody. So they, uh, uh, detach the lander with Tar so he can collect the data that Professor Brand... No, it's Murph now, because Brand is gone. That Murph needs to finish the the, uh, calculation to get people off the planet. Then they detach the ranger with Coop inside so Brand can slingshot off to Edmund's planet and they have this beautiful little moment about 90% uh, honesty. Like... Brand is like, holy shit, you didn't... I thought you told me we had enough for us both to get there and, and Coop's like... I never told you that. Yeah. Oh, it's, like it's 90% a, honesty. It's a really nice scene. Well written, whoever the fuck did it. So It surprised me. Did it? Yeah, it caught me off guard. Oh. I was like, oh. I see what you did there. I see what you did. That's beautiful. Um, okay, so he goes into the Event Horizon. Um, and because it's a sci-fi movie, how will we know he's sacrificing himself without bright white light and a picture of his daughter? Great question. So... You all should really go back and listen to our Armageddon episodes. It's truly, because I've talked about it so much, one of my favorite episodes, even though you can watch me have a mental breakdown during it. Um, But he does sacrifice himself. So he sees mostly blackness. um, And he sees what looks like sand. Is that what you... The sands of time! I'm in. I love it. That's what it's It's gonna be. It's fucking bullshit. It's bad movie effects. Eh, Bad movie effects that look like the sands of time. And then there's sparks, and then his ship starts breaking apart. I'm assuming it's because it's being eaten by radiation. Or a black hole. Or a black hole full of radiation. Yeah. He then ejects, which seems like a bad idea, but maybe that's just me. Um, So he sees what appears to be a planet coming at him, but it's kind of like a net, and he falls into what feels like in the Matrix. You know, they've got that big white room and all the rows of guns come at them. It feels kind of like that, with just rows upon rows of this geometric, like, looking crystal thing, and then he hits a wall, but the wall's made out of thread, and that's when I asked you if that's string theory. Yeah, no, so this is... They are... They use the word Tesseract. Which all I can think of is the Marvel movies now, so I'm broken. Yeah, that's fine. It's Tesseract is literally just like a four-dimensional cube. Oh, that's kind of fun to think about. Yeah. Four-dimensional cube. Yeah, it's good shit. Look up some pictures of it sometime. It's Is it a real thing? Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Well, I mean, it's a, it's like a mathematical, con- like a structure. Like, you can you can make hypercubes or hyperspheres. Like, you can make, like, like what defines, like, a like a cube or, like, a like in any dimensions is that all of the side lengths are the same and that all of the interior angles are 90 degrees between any vertex edge. And, like, you can just do that 
and project that into however many dimensions you want. So in two dimensions, right, it's a square. Yeah. All your lengths are the same and all the interior angles have the same 90 degree angle, right? If you project into three dimensions, well, all the lengths are the same and all of the interior edges between any two, like all the interior angles between any two edges, or in, in this case, you do it between planes, um, is 90 degrees. And if you project into four dimensions, well, it's now it's, you know, it's a whole set of cubes that make up because because a uh, 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 cube is just a bunch of squares stacked appropriately around each other. Right. Um, and in, in four dimensions, uh, a hypercube is just a whole bunch of 3D cubes stacked appropriately around each other in a 4D space. Um, well, that's fun. Yeah, it's it's cool. Um, it's tough to visualize in 3D, but people do have like depictions of, of what a 3D projection of a tesseract looks or a hypercube looks like. Yeah, it's and good. So it's this good is, shit. This is one of those options yeah, where it so, looks like a, a geometric conglomerations of cubes. Yeah, yeah. And their whole thing with this scene, which is dumb, is that <laughs> they are they are projecting time in all dimensions yes. for a single like a, a collective set of one area in space. And that area is Murph's bedroom. Correct. It is the bookshelf. That we see, and and it's just he looks around, and it's just that bookshelf at different points in time, all the fuck over, um, and he, so he's looking at it from behind the wall. He can kind of see through the books and see Murph on her bed, and so he like pushes books out, and now you guys, he's the ghost. It was the foreshadowing. He is the ghost of his children's future, or whatever the fuck he said, and so he's the ghost who is talking to her through her bookshelf, and he can see. Um, he can, he's trying to change his past. He sees past him walk in and talk to Murph and, and tell her that he's leaving. And he's trying so hard to make him not leave. He pushes the books out in a stay pattern. He, and it's, oh, it's heartbreaking. Oh, it's heartbreaking. It is, it is pretty heartbreaking to watch. Um. He does a great job of acting in this scene. Right? He does a really good job in this whole movie. Like, I was really impressed. I I was also very impressed. Um, so we hear over the comms, oh my gosh, Tars, he's not destroyed. He's still here. Don't know how. Doesn't really matter. He's, I guess, inside the black hole, but also somehow, quote unquote, them have made a, like, time dimension inside the, the black hole because they're I don't know fucking all powerful they do truly seem to be all powerful he says that this is a 3D construction of aliens (laughs) for those at home Neil just did the uh, ancient aliens thing you all know what I'm talking about fucking nerds and if you don't go fucking watch ancient aliens because what a what a ride I would really recommend not honestly just save yourself that time you can look up that gif that's everywhere. <laughs> but uh, so Tara says this is a 3D construction within a fifth dimension. So that's kind of neat. So he, Coop, can exert force across space time. So that's kind of neat. Um, and they we've already established, again, foreshadowing that gravity can cross dimensions, including time. Neil, you had made a face before. Did you want to I, elaborate on that, or do you want to leave it where it is? It, it's, gravity also has to obey the properties of the thing that it propagates through, and space-time preserves causality. So, nah. I guess, oh, yeah. yeah, good good for you, bud. Like, 
Right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Like, that's just how space time works, and uh, gravity doesn't get to violate that rule. No. So what they're doing in the science of this universe is that um, Coop is going to communicate with Murph in ways that she's not going to understand for years, but he's going to communicate to her the information that they need to finish the calculation. Um, and, and here's the leap that Coop slash Christopher Nolan made that I couldn't really follow. He says, the, they, the aliens, didn't bring us here to change the past. We brought ourselves. He says that the aliens aren't aliens, they're humans from the future who can exist in five plus dimensions. They're us. It's us. We sent ourselves here. Which... That seems like a stretch. Ah, I fucking... don't. It doesn't matter. The end of this movie sucked. The end of this movie was very science fiction. Very science fiction. Very science fantasy. Fantasy. Even better. Um, so he goes around and causes all of those anomalies himself. He made the gravity lines in the ground, uh, uh, giving him the coordinates to find NASA. Yep. He then... Um, he, he kind of realizes that the aliens didn't choose him or whoever it was didn't choose him. They chose Murph to save the world so he can communicate with her through this. He taps out in Morse code on a watch that he gave her the calculations that they need to, to save the world. Yeah, he has TARS convert all of the information that it measured like into like binary and then from binary into Morse code. And then Murph just gets a collection of, like, fucking binary information in Morse code. Like... She fucking does it, though? Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, he, uh... Da, 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 she sees the watch and she fixes the equation. Oh, I didn't even mention that Topher Grace was in this movie. It's not that important. They kiss. It's adorable. Anyway, she... Eureka's her papers into the air, just fucking yeets it off the, off the balcony. I hope she has copies because you're not getting those back, but that's just me. So everything worked and they know it worked because this fucking geometric space he's in is closing rapidly. Um, and as it's closing, he sees the fucking endurance station. He sees brand right there. He was the anomaly, Neil, the one that reached out her hand for first contact. That was coop. Coop's the alien. He's not an alien. He's in the f or extra dimensions. It's so stupid. It's it's a lot. There's a lot going on at the end here. So cut to Saturn. He's just floating out into space. Would he? How long would he have before he just died? Like, not much. No, right? no. Like tops a couple of minutes and he would probably be um like irreversibly scarred yeah as a result of this radiation so, right yeah i'm not yeah i'm not sure what they do to him um to like fix him up but it's the future so it's maybe the future. they've maybe they've got all kinds of wild fucking technology that they can deal with now yeah so he was floating and then he's picked up by a passing ship and they he wakes up in a hospital bed the doctor says he's 124 years old he looks great. He it looks like look Matthew a McConaughey. Day over thirty-five. Or however Although, the fuck old he is. I'll, Matthew McConaughey kind of looks a little old and leathery, so. I think he's fifty something. Not a day over forty-six, let's say. Generously that's speaking. Roughly how old he is portrayed to be in this film. That's fair. 
Um, so Despite we... the fact that I think they claim he's technically in his 30s. Shut the fuck up, did they? Yeah, because he was gone for 23 years and Murph uh, radioed back to him and was like, because he she left when she something. was 10, oh, so she was 30 yeah. something. She's like, you're supposed to be like, I am however old you were when you fucking left, asshole. So get fucked. Ooh. Um, so he looks out the window and there's a baseball game going on and he looks up and the ground rolls up in front of him into a circle. Yep. And a baseball goes and hits the window of a house that is to us upside down. Yep. And that's kind of neat. And it's Cooper Station, which is not named after him. It is named after her because she saved the fucking world. She's still alive, not dead yet. She's coming to see him. Um, apparently there's more of these stations out there. It's like an offhanded comment. We never see anything else, but there's more of these out there that they must have really fucking figured out quickly how to get more built and get people up. Yeah, I mean, here. as soon as they figured out how to get it off the planet and how, like, effectively they learned how to manipulate gravity. Yes. And as soon as you learn how to manipulate gravity, your whole, like, civilization as a structure will advance bananas quickly. Yes, yes. Um, so he, he starts to get a tour of this place and his house, his old shitty farmhouse was turned into a museum because she knew it would bug him because he hated farming. Yeah. And he hated that house. And that's very funny. Um, so to the best of your guess, uh -huh. guessing, how do you think this thing works? Is it uh, an enclosed sphere? Is it a tube? I know oh, it's not in, a sphere. It's not a sphere. No, okay. it's a it's a cylinder that rotates. Okay. Because I know in um, Halo, one big circular loop. Yeah, Dyson rings. Dyson rings. Oh, we talked about that with the megastructure. We sure fucking did. Yeah. Um, but this is not a Dyson ring. It is enclosed. Well, possibly. I mean, like it's it's a it's a it's a long cylinder, and then somehow they cap the ends, and there's probably not a whole lot of like that's probably where like all the like necessary facilities are like. You know, where they keep all of their, like, water storage and, and like, purification and air filtering and all this other stuff that mm -hmm. they probably have to deal with that doesn't necessarily need gravity to function properly. Okay. Um, so a lot of that, and honestly, it's probably even better for the equipment if it's not weighted all the time. So it's yeah. probably capped on either end by, and then they have some artificial light source inside that reflects, you know, roughly the... Um, spectrum of the sun Neat. with enough UV to grow plants. Yeah, because there's, there's green grass, there's fields, there's yep. all sorts of stuff. And it is very large. It like, is. It's huge. Um, so in, in his old house, uh, he sees TARS. TARS was also rescued. Or something. Was it TARS or was it a different one? No, it was TARS. It was TARS, yeah. TARS was also rescued and yeah, like kind of collapsed dumped and... in the house. And he fixes them up, and Tars and Coop. I would watch a buddy cop with, oh, uh, with those two. That'd would. be fucking hilarious. That would be super fun. They have another little funny scene about his humor settings. Um, he's like, why don't we start at 75%? And then Tars is like, he says something along the lines of self-destruct. We'll start <laughs> in 10, 9. And he's like, do you want to go down to 65? And then he turns off. It's very cute, and I enjoyed it a lot. So he finally sees Murph. She's 85 plus. Yeah, maybe she's, even older. Yeah, she's she's up there. And she's got this huge family around her. 
and and he says that he was her ghost and she knew that he would come back she says here's the fucking thing she says she knew he would come back and help her bullshit you did you said the whole fucking movie that you he abandoned you you didn't know dick that's all i'm gonna say about that um but she sent him away she says no parent i mean given how many kids she had clearly she did know dick <laughs> fair play um, I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> no, you're not. Leave that in. That's perfect. Um, so she says no parent should have to watch their child die, which I know King Theoden also agrees. Um, so she sends him away to go find Brand. And and she's on this lost planet and her boyfriend. And we see her. We see Brand, Anne Hathaway. She builds a, a little grave for her boyfriend. And she's on this planet. And... We see that the oxygen looks good. She's not wearing a helmet. It's totally fine. Um, and and it's implied that he, Coop, goes off toward the wormhole in search of Brand to rescue her? I, I guess I don't really know what his plan is. It seems like society has come far enough and he feels like a pioneer. My interpretation was that he is going out there to live with her. Oh. Because I don't think he took a ship that had enough resources. He absolutely did not. He's to basically bring an X-wing. her back. Yeah. yeah. No, that's really actually good. it's not even an X-wing. It's basically an A-wing. An A-wing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, say it. <laughs> I refuse. I refuse. And that's the end of the movie. Credits. Woo! Yay! We made it, and it only took us five hours. But an hour of that was was not movie review that's true it took us four hours it took us no not quite because it was an hour is like preparing yeah plus the sex talk sex talk had to happen and then there was an hour ish maybe a little bit more than that of science talk and then there's three hours of movie talk so here we are folks this might uh if this is our first three banger, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out. Truly, thank you for sitting with us. I think I know your answer to this, Neil, but did I miss anything? Uh, yeah, you did. What did I miss? I mean, you, you missed like subplots that are not important at <laughs> all. I'm not going to go over that. Oh, yeah. Do you uh, have any thoughts about the film? Yeah, I do, actually. Um, I, I thought it was very good. It wasn't what I was expecting. I wasn't sure, like, how they were going to motivate, like, going through a wormhole or where it came from or any of that. And they kind of did a lot of hand-waving. They got a lot of... It's aliens and... No, it's humans in the future. I guess. So far advanced that they're aliens. What's so hard to understand? I... Look, I understand it. I just don't like it. Oh, that's fair. I can't help you with that one. Um... So, you know, I'm... I'm pleased... I'm so glad. I, I know the last couple movies were rough. <laughs> oh god, the last few have been terrible. Um and I'm I'm glad that we watched a good one. Yes. So I would say I think maybe my like favorite part of the movie in general was uh the, the like going through the wormhole. Super I think cool. that was like probably my favorite like science moment despite it being maybe one of the less sciency like real science aspects of the movie. It looked fucking sick though. It sure fucking did. Um, and then maybe the weirdest or the most uncomfortable part was plan B of like, yeah, I'm going to have to rewatch that surrogacy 
for, you know, ever, effectively, or until your body can't fucking handle it anymore. And then hopefully by that time, honestly, the really fucking wild part to me is if they really want to boom, the correct way to do this is to only surrogate women. Yeah. Until there are, like, until you you have enough to, like, continue the surrogacy for, like, multiple women. And then, like, it, it's going to take a long fucking time. Like, you know, 20 years. and But then it's going to explode very rapidly. And then you can start having, you know, male and female children in order for procreation to continue. Like, it's... It's... I'm going to have to read up if that's really what they meant. I, I don't want that to be true. I, I guarantee you that is oh. what is true. Because they literally talk about, like, what their plan is for plan B. And it's literally, like, they're like, the first, you know, the first years are going to be rough. It's yeah. going to be, it's going to be surrogacy, like, Ugh. raising these eggs until there's enough people to sustain a, like, you know, human growth, uh society i guess like it's it's whack i mean is that solid science though yeah it is ah, it's the worst part it, i hate it like if like this is the they've honestly thought this through way better than i want them to have yes because this like this is the solution to like sending people to another planet to start a human colony because like they talk about the fact that the hardest part about starting a human colony elsewhere is the lack of biodiversity. Because if you only send, like, you know, two people, like, one one with a womb and one with external genitalia, like, you're... Are like, you telling me Adam and Eve was not real? I'm... There's a whole nother explanation for that. Bonus uh, content. Yeah. This, this science of, like, avoiding the, like death of humans via gene pool like reduction is the best way to tackle that issue it's just also one of the shittiest ways to do it it's so horrifying uh, they what they should do is send only people with wombs or create artificial wombs that's way better i think yeah personally just spread the wealth a little bit yeah. like too much on the human body that's fucking sucks not cool um, so, Neil. Yes. On a scale of one black hole. Yes. To one wormhole. Mm. There's two. No, no, no. One black hole to five black holes. Yep. Um, how would you rank the film? The film? Like four black holes. Fuck yeah. It was good. It's It's definitely not my favorite movie. Okay. Which I feel like I reserve like the top tier of five for movies that I'm like, wow, this was especially good. What what's a five what's a five star film that comes to the top of my mind? A primer? You ever seen Primer? No. Um Patterson? You ever seen Patterson? I'll look that up. Okay. Um Primer is a like B tier science fiction movie that is about time travel and it's made by like it was made on a budget of like five thousand dollars and shit. it made like eight hundred thousand dollars. You told me about that. I did tell you about this list. before. Um and then uh, Patterson is just a really good movie starring Adam Driver. Oh. It's about a, a bus about driver. That. Okay, yeah. Um, so those are like my, like that's, that's the kind of, of film that like, 
it's usually things that make me think mm-hmm. are the ones that I, I reserve the kind of, like, and, and in ways that I enjoy. Yeah. Are the ones that I reserve for the five. So it gets a four. It's Excellent. very good. I love it. I'm I'm very glad. So then, one black hole to five black holes. Science for mm, this. The science. And okay. if you want to split this up for science at the time and science now, I will allow it. Oh, okay. Science at the time. Like almost almost perfect scores. Like awesome. Like for how much they tried and how like how it is literally the only film of its type that to has do ever this, tried that has yeah. ever like really tried. It's really quite amazing, actually. Um, and so for that, I'll give it like I hesitate to give it a perfect score because I I. I because there's hand wavy things. There's there's like, hand wavy things. He goes into a black hole, and we know that that's not. A, a yeah, so like some of that is. Some of it takes a lot, like artistic interpretation, in ways that I don't care for. Um, so I'm gonna give it like, four point seven five. Nice. And so for now, science now. For science now, it probably gets closer to like a four. Okay. I mean that's still super high. I, that is th- by. Far the highest you've given Look, anyone. It's been fucking ten, almost ten years since they made this movie, and there hasn't been another one like it. Yeah, they haven't done anything like this again. It is it literally stands alone in a genre of realistic science fiction. Awesome. Which is cool as hell. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it still gets a like you know four, maybe even a little better, maybe four point two five kind oh, of thing. Shit. Like it, they 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 really did a good job. For some of the science, like, I'm going to take away the fact that, you know, technically speaking, traversable wormholes aren't something that are super realizable given some of the conditions that you need to create them. Um, They require, like, artifacts of the universe that we haven't seen yet. Um, Intraversible wormholes are, like, were a theory that were developed in, like, 2013, um, so like right as this movie was like effectively probably done with its science consultation and probably in the like we're putting together production post-production yeah. phase. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it it really did a great job for for what it did. And I thought it did a great job of communicating, you know, some of these science aspects to the public. I don't really care for some of their choice like of, of words for stuff like joining relativity and gravity like relativity and gravity work pretty well together as far as i know mm-hmm. i could be fucking wrong though yeah yeah i think i would give this probably a four for the film there and a was thumbs up and a, and a little letterbox liked nice. absolutely um the visuals gorgeous the acting phenomenal yeah the acting was really fucking oh good. my gosh everyone was really firing on all, on all cylinders there's uh, mostly things in the script that bug me very flowery speeches yeah. that were given that the I honestly hated the the fucking poem thing. Oh my god, I didn't even bring up the poem because it wasn't fucking worth bringing up. And if you watch this movie, you'll know the time. They, if you if you've seen this, you'll know what we fucking mean. But it they talk about it all the goddamn time, and it sucks. Yeah, it was it was a lot. So it I think it might have taken itself a little too seriously for me, which is. A, an okay. odd thing because 
the whole point is that it takes itself seriously. It's trying very hard. But I think in some of the script, it it tries too hard. I agree. I think that's that's where I'm falling out with that. But I, I loved it. It's a, I brought back memories of seeing this in the theater, and that was fucking awesome. So if it ever gets re-released, I would definitely go see this again. Sick. Zero question. But I think that's it. Neil. Yeah. When folks at home are not listening to your dulcet tones here, where can they find you? Uh, if you're not listening to me here, you can find me uh, on a Dungeons and Dragons podcast that I make with my friends called Bad Rolls Out. You can find that anywhere that you get your podcasts. Did you see the trailer for the new Dungeons and Dragons movie that's coming out? Oh, fuck um, no. no. I'm going to send it to you because it actually looks really it good. D- really? As someone who loves bad movies. Did you watch the original? Yeah, I was just about okay. to say the Jeremy Irons one. Yeah, I fucking better have. better fucking believe I've, it. I've also seen it. This one looks legit. It's got Chris Pine. Oh, it's got God. He's a bard, which is great. Oh, I love that. Right? And then... Um, um, Michelle Rodriguez from Fast and Furious movies. Oh. She is, I want to say a half-orc. I think that's what it is, but she's a fighter. Nice. And then the guy from Bridgerton, the one you see his butt a lot, he's in it. Don't know what he is, but I love him. Cool. Um, and it looks super sick, actually. Nice. Okay, well, I, I'll, I'll check it, it out. I'll send it to you. Um, and then if you aren't listening to me uh, on Bad Rules Out, uh, what are you doing? Uh, that's the only thing that really matters. I have an Instagram account. That I really, uh, if you want to send me a message and ask me some science questions, I would love to field those for you. Thousand percent. No one has sent me any. Come on, um, guys. But you can find me on Instagram at that underscore Higgs underscore guy. H-I-G-G-S. Uh, and that's, uh, that's it. I guess you can also get in contact with me by emailing the podcast. Yes, and you can... That email is here's the problem pod at gmail.com. Um, we are also on Instagram and Twitter. That is sci fi problem pod, S C I F I problem P O D. And that's Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on, I am on Instagram, but I don't check it. Don't find me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am at that girly gal, all one word. And I'm also on Letterboxd. I realize I keep talking about the Letterboxd like. But I never actually, uh, I don't know, put that out there. So, I am at 2D Frudy, T-R-U-D-Y, nope, T-U-D-Y, F-R-U-D-Y, 2D Frudy, like the classy bitch I am. And there is a hashtag for films for this podcast. It is S-H-T-W-T-P, shit Um... <laughs> <laughs> Follow the ship at hashtag if you want to keep track of all of our thoughts on these films. And if you guys would be so kind as to rate, review, and subscribe, it is not just for our ego, even though it does make us feel good. If you give us a five-star review and or write uh, actual words, and it doesn't matter what you write, you, you can just tell us what movie you want us to see or or what movies you want us to do next or just what your favorite hi. movie is just say hi tell us what color the clouds are who the fuck cares if you do that though the almighty algorithm praise be will will run us up those charts and more friends can find us and we think that would be super cool so i think that's it neil yeah it's been a long night it sure fucking has is there anything you would like to say to the fine folks at home <sighs> enjoy your science folks Bye.